Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast, the big fight preview for Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker, the rescheduled bout coming this weekend. We're really excited for this heavyweight clash. Main focus of the conversation in the big fight preview today, but it's a, it's a big weekend. There's some really good fights happening this weekend. This is the main card that we wanted to cover, but the other card that we would have been covering, and we might have even you know, done a double header in terms of what we class as big fights, would have been Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara, but Lee Wood sustained an injury last week, has had to pull out of that fight, so as a result, the card still goes ahead, but we've got Maxi Hughes, who was on the undercard, moved up to main fight against Kid Galahad, the IBO title that Maxi Hughes won in his last fight, defending against Kid Galahad, and then you've got Hannah Rankin, Terry Harper for the IBO WBA Super Welterweight titles there, which I think is going to be another another great fight, which we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you've got, obviously, Siobhan Clark on that card, so there's quite a bit to talk about in terms of this weekend's action. Jaco Stevenson, he's also in action as well on the Friday in America, and then you've got a certain Mr. Money Mayweather fighting in his exhibition as well this weekend. <laughs> We're not going to touch too much on that because you know this is just this is just what he's doing. He's doing all these exhibitions, and they don't really interest us at this stage. You know, it's not like he's coming out of retirement and fighting like a, an Errol Spence or a Terence Crawford. You know, he's just having exhibitions and making a, a shitload of money like he likes to do all the time. So we'll keep the focus on the big, significant fights that are happening, and it all begins with Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker, WBO interim world heavyweight title, an interim title that's been placed 
on the mantelpiece for this particular fight because it's classed as vacant and one of these two men will walk away with it which puts them in good steed for a shot of the WBO title in the future depending upon what happens in the top of the heavyweight division over the next six to eight months of course but this is the big fight Joe Joyce needs we've been asking for Joe Joyce to get a fight against a fighter who is either a former world champion or legit world title contender and this is the one this is the one for me. Bryant Jennings was once a world title contender, but Joseph Parker, I still think, I wouldn't say he's at the peak of his powers, but he's 30 years old. He's certainly, he's certainly a guy you go in there with if you want to prove you are in with a shot at potentially becoming a world champion because himself has been a world champion and himself, of course, has fought some of the best names in the division. So it's a really interesting fight from Joyce's perspective and we've been asking for it because Joyce, we always say, he's getting on. He's 37 now, Joe Joyce, and he doesn't seem to have any intention of leaving this sport unless he at least gets his shot at a world title this is a great opportunity for him joseph parker what will he bring to the table for this fight then johnston because joseph parker is a guy who's a very durable opponent doesn't go down that often likes to see fights out till the end you know he can bang a little bit but will he be able to overcome the onslaught and the relentlessness and some might say slow motion tactics of joe joyce <laughs> they might be slow motion but it does bang a bit joyce and uh we've seen that in previous other fights i mean the dubois fight in particular i mean he he busted the young boy up didn't he um um aged him basically um and look you know what joyce, you know what joyce is going to bring but parker I think for me, he, he needs to probably go back to sort of how he used to fight. He needs to come in a little bit lighter and, and work behind that jab and be on his toes a little bit, be in and out, throw some combinations and get out of there. If he stands toe-to-toe with Joyce, I think um, he might be the one that ends up getting hurt. Um, but saying that, look, these guys have got rock-solid chins, a pair of them. Yeah, Parker's hit the deck a couple of times, but he's got back up. He has got a tough chin. He really has. And I think um, and Joyce, no doubt, has as well. So it's an interesting fight. I think it's a significant fight. I wouldn't say it's like a great fight, but it's a very significant fight because the winner potentially gets Usyk for that WBO title later on next year. Um, and the reason why I say that is because obviously uh, Joshua and Fury probably will be fighting in December by the looks of things. is looking optimistic, which therefore means Usyk saying he's going to come back in February. February, March, this fight, perfect timing. Um, the winner has got that title chance in the horizon, no matter how they get on against Usyk, and we'll obviously have our own thoughts against whoever the winner is, but the significance of this fight for these two, and as you say, at the age of the pair of them, especially Joyce wanting to really push himself to get himself into title contention, then um, this is a, a huge carrot for the pair of them, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a huge moment for Joe Joyce. He's got to win this fight. For me, you don't. I know he's undefeated, but you don't normally get say this about a fighter unless they're coming towards the end of the career. It's like it's a must-win fight. But I do feel it's a must-win fight for Joe. He's got to win this fight. He's thirty-seven, getting no younger. Sometimes age ain't nothing but a number. But we've seen it just recently with Golovkin, and we did our big fight reaction show. How Golovkin just seemingly looks like he's now aged, and he's looking in every bit of his forty years of age. Joe Joyce is only three years younger, but yet he hasn't had as many fights. Yes, he's got this fantastic amateur pedigree, as we know he fought Usyk in the amateurs and had a, had a right good to do with Usyk in the amateurs. A great fight that you can watch on YouTube. But 
Jones is at the point of his career where it's now or never. He's got to dispatch of Joe Parker. He's got to either dominate him on the cards, which, you know, looking at Joyce's record, doesn't happen very often, or he's got to completely stop this guy and be relentless like he has been. He's been very relentless. You know, in all the fights that he's contested in, he's got 13 knockouts in his career. 13 knockouts in his career out of 14 fights for Joe Joyce. He's relentless in the ring, regardless of his methodical, sometimes albeit slow style. He doesn't stop. He stays there. He's only had the one fight with Bryant Jennings in 2019 that went the 12 rounds. He's proved he can go 12 rounds. So I don't think stamina is an issue. And I think it's quite clear stamina isn't an issue, but it's the same for Parker. Stamina isn't an issue for him. I just think we've seen Parker go down. We've seen him get hurt on a couple of occasions and I think Joyce could be the man to actually completely stop Joseph Parker. I genuinely do. That's probably an early prediction so far because we've got so many other fights to talk about. For me, Joe Joyce will beat Joseph Parker. And I think he'll do it. And I think he'll do it in emphatic fashion. Joe Joyce needs this win. Joseph Parker also needs this win. So it's it's a big fight in the significance of their careers going forward. And I'm excited to, for it because... To me, at the end of it, we'll get to know really who looks like the next legitimate challenger who we haven't already seen have a crack at one of the world titles. I mean, you look at the other guys and you look at the names of Deontay Wilder, who was fighting Robert Hellenius. You look at the names of, obviously, Andy Ruiz, who just beat Luis Ortiz. And you look at a few of them names around the heavyweight division that are still there among the top three. Joe Joyce is, is not far now. He's he's pretty much just behind them. He's the next sort of name I start thinking about. It's like, where does he sit? If he wins this fight against Parker, you can certainly start thinking about him with any of them names because there's no time like the present for him now to be in the ring with them names. I think he's got the experience. I just think a fight and a statement against Joe Parker will certainly give him more ammunition to say, look, I can do this. I can, I can beat one of these top guys. Depending on what you think about that, that's fine. You can have your own opinion on it. But I think if he wins this fight and does it in a fashion, he certainly puts himself right out there and he opens up that heavyweight division and there's great fights out there for him. And I'm talking like it is a solidified Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Joyce win. It's nearly a Joe Parker, Joe Joyce win. Two Joes. Uh, so, Joseph Parker, I'm just going to switch this back to you before we move on. Joe Parker, what are his chances? How does he beat Joe Joyce? Because we've not seen him beaten yet. Do you go back to all his amateur days and look at how he was beaten then? Or do you just look at what Joseph Parker's done in his professional career and sort of assess how he could possibly beat Joe Joyce? Yeah, I think I think with Parker, um, he, he's uh, he's one of those fighters where I, 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 he has some good fights and he has some bad ones, to be fair. Not, not terrible, I wouldn't say terrible, but there are sides to him that are beatable. Um, and uh, we've seen that in all of his other fights, but I do think for him to beat Joyce, I think he has to be the one on the back foot. He has to be the one sort of, as I say, throwing the combinations, get in and out. He could probably do that for half the fight. It's just after a while, what we've seen with Juggernaut is he does wear down his opponents and he will continually come forward. And it's a matter of how many of those rounds sort of Joyce can pick up in between where I believe that Parker will probably take the first sort of four or six even if he does fight that way. Unless he decides to go toe-to-toe with, with Joyce and make it a very entertaining fight with two guys with solid chins, that I think plays into Joyce's hands. 
But I do think he has, you know, he has runs off. We've seen it against Chisora. We've seen it even against Joshua, even though Joshua didn't really put much pressure on him. Um, I still feel that he has those those times out. Why he does, he did the same thing. And I think that's where Joyce has got to take that opportunity when he has a couple of rounds off, two or three rounds in between, and really put the pressure on Parker. And I think those, that, that will be the moment where he may start taking the fight back into his favour. And then I think towards the end of the rounds, I think you're moving into, I'm guessing it will be a 12 rounder. So anything from eight to 12, those last four rounds are going to be quite vital for the pair of them because I think it'd be quite even at that point. Parker may just be ahead. And I think you will tie, and I think you'll get a big, a big. I said it last for the Glovkin uh, Canelo fight. I thought we'd have a big fight, big round in that twelfth round, but it didn't happen. I think you might get one here, but I don't think any of them are going to get stopped, Sean. I think Parker's strong enough, and able enough, and solid enough. He might hit the deck, but I don't think he gets stopped. I think he will keep going, and I think he may hit the deck. He may need to take a knee with with relentless pressure. And he may even back Joyce off. He can't allow him to get in any rhythm. If Joyce, I know he's slow, as you say, he's methodical, but it's easy saying that. We watch it on the TV screens and we're like, yeah, this guy's so slow. Why can't they just move out of the way from him? It's not as simple as that when you're in the ring because he is a seek and destroy kind of guy. And his, his engine is at one standard and it stays the same throughout for 12 rounds. You know what you're going to get with Joyce. And it's easy to say, yeah, you just box and move. Parker can't do that for 12 rounds. I don't think he will. So I think that second half is going to be important for him to make sure he keeps away. So you could get Parker nicking this. Um, I'm going to go with Joyce just because it's over here. Just <laughs> split decision. It'd be interesting if it does go the 12 rounds. I can't see it. So I think I'll be going for a late Joyce KO in terms of when we do our little prediction leagues that we've got going on outside of the podcast. I think I'll be looking <laughs> yeah. at that, to be honest with you, because I think that's what will happen. I think he will wear him down. I think you'll probably get a TKO stoppage not a KO he won't I don't think he'll just outright stop him I think he'll punish him he'll get to the point where the punishment will be that much where either the corner throws in the towel and says you know what you've took too much here or the referee has to step in because Joyce is just so relentless I just can't see it going any other way I mean Joyce hasn't lost yet and and this could be the moment where he does lose and I could be looking at this next week thinking bloody hell I completely wrote Joseph Parker off here but I just can't see a way past Joe Joyce winning this fight because I can't see how Joseph Parker is going to be able to put an effect on Joe Joyce. He he hasn't got this sort of concussive punching power. So if he hits Joyce, he, you know, he might stagger him and hurt him a couple of times, but Joyce seems to be able to walk through that. I mean, he won't walk through that forever. Of course he won't, but if he knows he can walk through it, he will walk through it and he'll continue that pressure. And I think that's what the vulnerabilities are in him is like it's vulnerable watching him getting hit but the way he's still able to go through his opponents is just something to behold and I think this will be another test of that and, and whether he can do it and if he can and he does it successfully then that's when the conversation then turns to the bigger fights so we'll get to see I think I think Joyce stops him late I think that's my prediction for the fight I'm not going to give a round specifically but I think sort of 9 to 10 is sort of the round region where I'm thinking that that's going to end that for a particular fight. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes down. But, you know, the one thing I've noticed about this particular card is it is actually a pretty decent card for a change from Uncle Frank. Uh, it's probably going to go on till early hours of the morning like his shows always do. But there's some really good fights on this card. Really good fights. The most notable inclusion on this card is Amanda Serrano defending her featherweight titles against Sarah Marfood, who's 11-0. She's returning to the ring. She was obviously supposed to be fighting on the Jake Paul Hassim Rackman undercard at the start of August. She's now got 
on this card. Interesting that obviously she's now coming on this card and she's going to be working with uh, with Frank and not Eddie on the zone with Katie Taylor, which will be uh, will be interesting to find out what her uh, perception is after that. But it's a big inclusion for this card. It's big for her to be on this card. It's a it's a big moment and. It's a really good inclusion to the card and it helps the card because there are some other good fights on here that I'm going to mention. Now, a fight to look out for this weekend on this card then. So we've talked about Serrano, we've talked about Joyce and Parker, Echo Asuman and Samuel Antwe for the British welterweight and Commonwealth welterweight titles. I think he's going to be a potential show stealer this weekend. That's another great fight to be looking out for. Michael Magnesia against Anthony Kakachi. IBO World Super Featherweight title on the line. Anthony Kakachi is looking for this huge fight. After his fight last time got cancelled, much to the dismay of him and his family, he's now got this huge fight for an IBO title. And it puts him on the map if he wins. It certainly does. Another big fight on this card, which I consider it to be big, doesn't really sort of resonate maybe with the wider audience, but two local guys that have been up and coming for for quite some time in Nathan Heaney and Jack Flatley. Now, I've met both of the guys. I've seen the careers from the off. This is going to be a really good fight. These are two fighters that won't take backward steps. I think this is another fight that you should be tuning into the card for. The rest of the card, for me... It is standard. It is prospect versus journeyman. And Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I can I can sort of understand that every card can't always be made up of huge, huge fights. The other notable fight is Raven Chapman stepping up a big level against Jorgelina Guenine, who's 10-4-2, WBC International Featherweight. Title up for grabs. The vacant title up for grabs here for Raven Chapman. So it's a big step up for her in a fourth professional fight. But the rest of the card is, is sort of made up of not so much prospects in Mark Efron. He's on the card. He's 28-2-1. But then you've got James Hennigan, Callum Thompson, Amar Akbar, Tommy Fletcher. You know, these are all prospects of Frank Warren's that he's trying to move up through the ranks and, and nurture them and marinate them like he likes to do with his fighters. But I'm just going to round it up by saying I'm actually looking forward to the card. Like, you only get one or two fights on Frank's cards, which are... You know, you think, yeah, these are these are pretty decent fights. There's about four or five here where I'm genuinely excited to tune into them. 
Yeah, it's, it's a quite a deep card, isn't it? And um, Usman and um, uh, Antwi is definitely a fight I'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to. But the Heaney and Flatley fight, you know, because they are both come forward fighters, it's going to be thoroughly entertaining. So, and obviously the the addition of of Amanda Amanda Serrano is is a great coup there. So look, it's a deep card. There's going to be a lot of fights on here. I think the main event's going to be a decent fight. And I think um, as as we've pointed out that Usman and Antwi, uh, Heaney and Flatley, I think they're probably Potentially one of those two or both will be the, the uh, show stealers, if you like, in terms of uh, how the fight plays out. But either way, look, yeah, it's good to see a deep card. It's good to have two heavyweights potentially going to be fighting for that WBO title. I mean, what a huge carrot it is dangled in front of these two fighters. And, and I think because of that, it gives this fight a little bit more substance than just a normal, you know, two top 10 guys having a go at each other uh, with, with nothing really in the horizon. So that brings something to this fight. And um, yes, it's going to be very interesting and it will shape the heavyweight division. Once again, we'll have a, an idea of who's going to go on a fight, who's sick and who won't. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point to make. Well, it's not the only card going on this weekend in the UK. That one's in Manchester, in my hometown. But in Nottingham, you have the card, which, as I mentioned earlier, was supposed to be a headline by Lee Wood versus Mauricio Lara, which was a fight I was really looking forward to. Gutted that it's had to be cancelled for injury. But I'm excited for Maxi Hughes' kid Galahad because Maxi Hughes is a fighter who's gone on what you like to say, Johnston, this purple patch as of late. And he's beating guys that I think necessarily you wouldn't have expected him to. Many people felt he was at a certain benchmark and he'd never surpassed that. He's now an IBO World Lightweight Champion beating Giovanni Staffron to get that title in 2021 and defending it successfully against Ryan Walsh in his last fight earlier this year. This fight with Kid Galahad is going to be interesting because Kid Galahad, for me, overall, I would say he's a better fighter than Maxi Hughes. He's certainly got that level of, of skill higher than him but Hughes is very effective at what he does in the ring. So it is going to be contrasting styles in this particular fight. And of course, you've got to remember, Galahad's coming off the back of that loss last November. Shock loss as well to Kiko Martinez. He was the IBF champion, remember, as well. That, that's the thing. He was a world champion like this time last year and then got that shock defeat to Kiko Martinez. And now has nothing. Josh Warrington now holds that title again. And he's got nothing now. And this is a fight where... He needs this win. He needs it because if he wants to become world champion or should I say one of the big four world championship belts, he's got to at least get this IBO title to give him some sort of sway going into a potential fight in the future if he wants to fight Josh Warrington or wants to fight Lee Wood, for example. So there's there's certainly, there's certainly a lot uh, at, at stake here. I think what's also interesting about it and, and the elephant in the room with this fight is that Kid Galahad is the one who's moving up to challenge for this title, which is surprising, really. Is he? Did he have a problem making weight for the Martinez fight? Was there an issue? Did he, was that why he just got obliterated by him? Has he been struggling for a while? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? It, it certainly makes me wonder, like why he's he's jumping up in weight, and it's not just one. He's jumping up two, so he's gone from featherweight to lightweight to challenge for this title. So that also doesn't really ring alarm bells as such but it kind of puts a red flag on that for me thinking that maybe he was struggling with the weight but I still think he's got that sort of level of skill that he's he's capable of winning this fight convincingly 
But that being said, this purple patch that Maxi Hughes is on, I think he's got that effective aggressiveness inside the ring to potentially do what can be done to Kid Galahad, which is to negate his skills and stop him, smother him, get on his chest. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm actually looking forward to it. The more I talk about it now, the more I think actually this might be a better fight than what it looks like on paper. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know, just what a year can do in boxing. You know, if you took this fight, uh, Kid Galahad, and um, he took on Maxi Hughes before that Kiko Martinez fight after he beat Jazza Dickens, you would probably be saying that this is a straightforward Kid Galahad victory, whereas Maxi Hughes is, is, is in good form. You know, he's a southpaw. So uh, they're both the same age. He's, as, as, as you mentioned, on his purple patch. I think for Maxi, though, I think Maxi fights better against aggressive fighters. I mean, we see that against John O'Carroll, where the guys that come towards him, he, he can outbox them. And those that are not quite on his level in boxing terms, he was able to outbox them. Um, Kid Galahad's a different kettle of fish. The one thing that goes for Maxi is the fact that he has been laid out. He got literally rendered by Kiko Martin. There's one of the knockouts of 2021. It's spectacular, wasn't it? Uh, literally come out of nowhere, threw out of his ass. And, uh, poor Kid Galahad was absolutely sparked. So that confidence has probably been knocked out of him. And probably the reason why he's decided to move up a couple of divisions, you know, just try and... Uh, as you say, maybe that was an issue. Maybe he will never admit it. Maybe he may admit it later on in his, like once he retires, but maybe that was an issue and he was punch resistant, wasn't there. But I think this is a perfect fight for Kid Galahad. It's a good fight for him because, you know, Maxi has this IBO title. All right, it's not one of the big fours, the divisional titles, but, you know, this is a layup, surely. In no disrespect to Maxi, honest to God, he's on a great, he's on great form and his confidence is going to be sky high against the guy whose confidence isn't as high. So that may give him the advantage in this to some, in some people's eyes. But for me, if Kid Galad goes back to his boxing skills, sort of like what he did against Josh Warrington, I think he wins this fight and he wins it comfortably. But, you know, you just don't know. Sometimes knockouts like that can really shake a fighter. Maxi is not a big puncher. But if he does land one, it doesn't mean he can't hurt you. And and with his negativity and knowing, you know, flashbacks of that knockout, maybe that could hinder Kid Galahad. But for me, I think Kid has the boxing skills. He's the better fighter. He should be winning this. If he doesn't, then, well, he needs to question himself and take a good look at himself in the mirror. Because really, no, as I, as I say, no disrespect to Hughes, he should not be at the level as Kid Galahad. You say that, but this is boxing, and boxing works in mysterious ways sometimes, it does. doesn't it? I just, I just don't understand the the move up for two weights. I understand maybe one, but two weights is quite a jump, really. Yeah, you know, like it? yeah. it's significant, and and obviously looking at the depths of the lightweight division, you know, I was saying earlier, I, w- I was forgetting about the jump when at the at the moment I was talking about it. I was talking about you know fighting Josh Warrington again, or you know looking at fights in the in the featherweight division. If he wins this title. You know, the sort of names that are around in that top 10, like Joseph Diaz, Isaac Cruz, Vasil Lomachenko, George Cambosis, <laughs> Devin Haney, Javonta Davis, you know, these are all the names that uh, are above. You've got Zar Abdelayev as well. Uh, you've got Nakathila as well in there. So these are the sort of, you know, top 10 guys in the lightweight division. Is, is that really his intention to stay up there? I will be genuinely interested if it is. Um, because there's no feeling out process either. And that, that's the other thing that sort of raises a red flag to me. Is like when a fighter struggles to make the weight, they normally have a feeling out process up at the next division, don't they? Like they'll go yep. up and have a couple of fights with journeymen and sort of test the waters as to how they can carry the weight in the ring and, and you know, how they manage to rehydrate and, and all the sort of nutritional factors of it. 
but he's just jumped up two ways straight away to go for the opportunity. Is it just the fact that he's been offered a chance for the IBO title? He's been said, look, here you go. I've got a fight for you here. It means you're going to have to jump up two weights. You know, is it, is it an Eddie Earn special? Because we know how he loves making people jump up in weights. You know, is it an Eddie Earn special where he's going, look, you've got this opportunity here, right, against Max Hughes. And he's probably said to Kid Galahad, look, I think you can beat him. I think you can beat him. You can yeah. put your name back on the map. He's probably filled him with a bit of a, a bit of confidence again, thinking, you know, you, you've got the skills to beat him. You'd be a champion in the, in the lightweight division. You'll have a bit of sway. You'll have a bit of opportunity to fight bigger champions. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest if that's a similar conversation as to what's been had with Kid Galahad as to why this fight happens. And then from Max's perspective, this is a huge, huge win for him if he takes the win. It's a huge win for him because then it shows his intention in the lightweight division that, you know, even though this is a guy that's jumping up, he's beating a guy with, with, with the skills and ability that you wouldn't have expected him to, to go and beat. And like you're saying, how you feel Galahad on his day wins this fight, no problem. But if Maxi wins this fight, that certainly you know puts a really good feather in his cap going forward. So really interesting fight that, really interesting headline act on the DAZN card. And it's supported by a really good female fight between Hannah Rankin, Terry Harper, IBO, WBA, super welterweight titles on the line. Obviously, Terry Harper has moved up in weight after her loss, you know, a controversial ending. Not, not so much controversial from Bam Gardner's side, but the fact that Bam Gardner actually sparked her out you know was uh was one of them shock knockouts of 2021 and then she's come back she's moved up in weight and she's decided that you know i'm gonna take this opportunity and fight hannah rankin for these titles who again she's on a little bit of a, a purple patch in her career you know after having lost to like the the better fighters in the division so the likes of clarissa shields and she's obviously fought savannah marshall and patricia Berghalt, who fought natasha jonas recently so you know she's at a point in her career where she's looking for that big fight herself and Terry Harper's a big name here in the UK in, in the female side of boxing and a name that, you know, we all recognise and, and, and why it will sell and why tickets will sell for it. But from Harper's side, it's an opportunity for her to become a two-weight world champion. Huge opportunity for her. Again, it'll all be about how she can move up in weight. Can she carry any power up with her? Can she affect ranking? Her boxing ability is really, really good. But I think Hannah Rankin, even though she's got five losses on her record, I think she she's, she's an underrated fighter. And you look at the people she's lost to and look at where they're at, and it makes you think, well, she's only really losing to the top, top fighters and the, the fighters in the divisions that are being classed as the some of them even the greatest of all time. So when you look at it like that, it is, it's not an easy fight for Terry Harper, but it really will tell us whether she can come back from adversity and become a two-way champion or whether Hannah Rankin's just at this point of her career where she's having a a great purple patch like Maxi Hughes and you know these two these two fighters could end up going on to win the the fighters that maybe people class as the underdogs even though they're the champions could go on to put on great performances and get victories two interesting fights there Johnson on that particular card and yep. it's it's ones that I am going to try and tune into but obviously there's a lot of channel flicking going on because of the Joyce Parker card isn't there so it might be that I might end up getting to watch them on the Sunday instead or later on in the night it depends but 
I'm excited for the for, for the event this weekend. The, the fights that are on, there's some really, really good fights. Siobhan Clark, as I mentioned earlier, is on this. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, Solomon Dakriz, 4-0, looking to move 5-0. Good opponent in Dominic Akalade. I think he's uh, a decent opponent, decent step up for, for Dakriz. Uh, then you've got Cyrus Patterson, Rhiannon Dixon, Nico Leviars and Janaid Boston all on this particular card. So they're the UK cards. They're the main fights over here in the UK. Any word, obviously, on Harper versus ranking just before we mention Shakur Stevenson fighting on Friday? Uh, yeah, just quick. I mean, it is pretty similar to the Galahad situation. I mean, Harper's coming on the back of... I know she's fought once more, but she's coming on the back of a, a devastating knockout loss. Hopefully that, that win she had in her new weight division gives her a little bit more confidence going into the ranking fight. But ranking, as you suggested, is she's not going to be an easy fight, but it's a good fight for her to have. For Terry Harper... To, to go into on the you know to try and prove herself in this division I do feel she will I feel that Terry will come away with the victory as I do with with Galahad but you know anything can happen in this sport so I mean we'll jump on it but as you say it's a decent card I mean look the fact that Galahad's moving up what 10, 10 pounds he needs to put on maybe you know you can imagine him walking in as a lightweight in many of those featherweight fights anyway so you know maybe 10 pounds to Galahad probably isn't that much of a big deal so it's going to be interesting that's, that's, that's what makes it intriguing especially well, Shakur Stevenson's fighting on Friday, so early hours of Saturday morning for us. It's on ESPN in the USA, and he's fighting Robson Conceição. This is the same Robson Conceição that gave Oscar Valdez life and death not too long ago, September of last year. Uh, Oscar Valdez got the UD, but I recall it being actually quite a close fight. Uh, I know that he got deducted a point for hitting behind the head in round number nine, but I remember it being a rough fight for Valdez, a rough, rugged fight for him. And I think with the type of fighter that Conte Sao is, I think it probably sets Shakur Stevenson up for another good performance, another performance. You know, he got the, 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 the sort of slick boxer puncher against uh, a brawler, really, a slugger in Robson Conte Sao. So I think it, it lines up nicely for Shakur Stevenson to get a victory here. And then again, just continuing on to to look at potentially these these big fights in the division, or will he make that jump up? That's a, another question that remains as well with Shakur Stevenson. Will he jump up and join that lightweight foray? What do you think about this particular fight then? Yeah, I think you. I mean, Concesao is is the guy. Obviously, Valdez. Uh, many feel that Concesao won that fight. I mean, watching it back, I felt like he probably did deserve it. Um, some people thought it was a straight robbery. I don't think it was a straight robbery. I do think he deserved it. But there were rounds in there where maybe Valdez, you you could explain his decision. It's not like a catch-all def- uh, win against uh, Taylor, for instance. But it was close, to be fair. And Concesao probably was robbed of winning a world title. So he's probably looking at it. You know, it's probably a harder fight than a Valdez one, if you like, because he's a come-forward fighter as well, pretty much like Valdez. But it, it you know. When you think about Shakur Stevenson, his, din- his distances, his jab, his footwork, you know, and Constantine's a come forward fighter. Uh, it just plays into Shakur Stevenson into his game plan. Um, it just will he will he deter from what he normally does in that box fighters? Will he put his foot down? I think people tend to sort of tend to really want to see that from Shakur. Um, so maybe he could try and do something like that for a change. And when he's far ahead, to put his foot down on the pedal and really go for the kill and try and get rid of his man rather than just outboxing him over 12 rounds. You know, hopefully it might happen. I, I can see this being a pretty straightforward win. Constantine is a tough guy, come forward fella, as we've said. And and he, he, will, he will take a lot of those whacks that Stevenson's got in his arsenal and keep coming forward. Um, so I can see it being a lopsided 
pretty much every single round going to Stevenson as he as he shows the world once again how much of a fantastic fighter he is. And that's the only way I see it, mate. I really do. So one more fight. If anybody is remotely interested in this particular fight, we mentioned it at the start of the show. Boxing legend Floyd Mayweather will take on his second exhibition bout of the year against the Japanese MMA star Mikuro Askura on Saturday night. Is anybody actually remotely interested in this? Because I know I'm certainly not. I just thought, with it being Floyd, with it being Floyd, and obviously give him his due, you know, he's, he's, he's done what he's done in boxing, albeit some of it. You know, not so great in terms of our perspective. We we, we haven't got a, a, a great opinion of him, I think, for many reasons, which we've mentioned before. We'll save that for another day. But is anybody really interested in this fight? Because I know I'm not, and I'm not tuning into it. I'm not interested in this whatsoever. I won't even watch the highlights of it because I just think it's just Floyd Mayweather making money like he always does. Is he ruining his reputation? He's like I said, I don't think he is by doing this. But not me personally, because, I mean, look at all the great boxers of yesteryear. I mean, Muhammad Ali was a prime example. He used to do all these crossover wrestling matches, boxing. You know, it was just sort of a lot of crossover exhibition spectacles. And I think this is all this is. People are paying good money to get Floyd Mayweather to come and fight these random crossover fighters. And he'll just continue to look like he's not lost a step. But at the age of, what, 43, 44, do you know... He's just making more money, isn't he? He's just continuing to like just grind that money in. Money Mayweather, the machine keeps rolling and rolling. He'll do this till he's bloody sixty, Mayweather, if he still can. He will, and he's look, he's as fit as a fiddle, uh, Ray, uh, Ray. <laughs> uh, Mayweather. Um, he, look, he, he, you can't doubt his physical attributes, and he's he's just he constantly training, isn't he? He's always running, and he's out all the time keeps himself in fabulous shape and that's credit to him at his age. But look, it's, it's just an exhibition, a way of making some money. He won't harm his reputation because that is his reputation. He's the money man, isn't he? So anyone that wants to give him some money for anything, he will take it. It would be good to see him in an actual MMA fight though. How about like in getting in the octagon and actually getting down and, Never. and fighting one of them boys? I think we'll give him a lot more respect if he did that, would we? Uh, rather than, yeah, when he fought McGregor, flip the tables and go and fight McGregor in his own in his own his own sort of uh, in his octagon rather than the boxing ring. But look, it is what it is. He's just going to keep making money as much as he can. But it does question. It makes you wonder. Maybe he hasn't got that much money if he keeps taking these fights. I don't know. Maybe the offer of $50 million or $100 million, whatever he's getting for it, is just too good to turn down to beat up an average Japanese fighter. Well, this is it, I suppose. Look at it from his business perspective, which is what I try to do now and again, is if you <laughs> if you know you can go in there at 45 years of age and still go and take the piss out of a guy who wants to come and cross over and make it a bit of a spectacle, and there are people out there stupid enough to pay the money to do this, i.e. the promoters and i.e. the people that are supporting and backing this fight financially, then if I'm Floyd Mayweather, I'm going to snatch that with both hands, go in there, take the piss out of this Japanese MMA fighter, walk out of there with all my money and continue to live beyond my means and then come back a year later and fight somebody else and make just as much money. <laughs> this is li- literally rinse and repeat for Mayweather and this is what he'll probably do, like I said, till he's bloody 60 years old because of the fact that he can do it, he can make money from doing it, he can live the life he wants to live, the lavish lifestyle... I never agreed with any of it, and, and I'm not going to bore everybody with the reasons why. I, I, you know, my thoughts on Mayweather are the way they are. But he's doing what any smart business person would do. 
that's that's all I can sort of leave it on that note. Is he's doing what a smart business shrewd person would do, and he's making money in a very easy way. So I suppose fair play to him from that perspective. And that's it. I've got no other thoughts, feelings and opinions for the big fight preview for this week. The main fight is Joyce versus Parker. BT Sport, really looking forward to seeing if Joyce can now start to live up to that expectation of moving on to world heavyweight title glory. Joe Parker stands in his way. Big, big fight this week and make sure you tune into it. And make sure you've subscribed to us on Apple, on Google. You can find us on any available podcasting app out there. You can subscribe to us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Please, please, please make sure you subscribe to us on all them channels. And that's pretty much it for this big fight. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for our reaction show. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.